We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. I'm already tired uh, just talking about this matchup for five seconds, and please tell me you have something good for this. I think this game's going to be 5-4. Okay, now I'm interested now. <laughs> Why do you think it's 5-4? This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, Head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your usual host, Mike Gottlieb. Uh, yes, I have not been replaced by John Wallen yet. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, thank you to John Wallen for joining us earlier in the week to talk uh, Best 11. Uh, but with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And also, as usual... Uh, we are brought to you by Mac Weldon. Go over to MacWeldon.com. Use the promo code Rotosoccer uh, for 20% off your order. 
Andrew, I beat you in DraftKings last week. You did. Um, and all it took was the resurrection of Yaya Torre. Yeah, uh, basically the longest of long shots. Uh, a $3,000 midfielder who hasn't played in you know a year. Yeah, that's what it takes. Uh, in Not in fairness. It was a, an excellent play, it turned out. Um, I... <laughs> You are so bitter. <laughs> well, I'm I'm less bitter about our head to head than I am that like I I went to play him, and it was one of those uh, that I ultimately just decided it was a trap that everybody was going to be like, oh, of course Yaya's the guy, and I was like, am I really going to think that Yaya Torre can like play his first game all season and do enough where, um where it pays off and I actually really liked him in uh on FanDuel he was a little more expensive there but like I figured I didn't think he would score but I was like you know he could pick up a few tackles he usually like uh you know gets involved a little bit and I feel like he would have been a little more active because Pep wouldn't wouldn't bring him back if he thought he'd just have like a lazy performance um but instead I was like no I'm gonna ride this Charlie Adam train I know Charlie Adam is playing a little further behind but I still liked it and um Yaya Torre outscored him by like 23 points. That's right. But I mean, Torre scored 25 and a half and 24 of those came from the goals, like counting the shots and the shots on goals. <laughs> like he literally didn't do any, like, I mean, he got credit for a few other things, but like he really just didn't do anything other than these two shots. But that's kind of what Yaya can do. Yeah, yeah, he he plays very well for five minutes and really poorly for eighty-five. Right, right, and he had his two moments of brilliance, and we were everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I remember why I used to like Yaya Torre." Yeah, I think another one of those cases will be coming up this weekend in game week number thirteen. So let's talk about it, shall we? Yeah, let's dive in. All right, uh, so we have Burnley at Turf Moor taking on Yaya Torre and Manchester City. Um, actually, let's start. <laughs> Yaya Torre and Manchester City. <laughs> <laughs> say, let's, start, let's start there. Do you think he plays again? I don't see why not. Um, the, I mean, it was a great performance. Uh, he did not play uh, the midweek uh, Champions League match in Germany because he's not on Manchester City's Champions League roster. Uh, there's talk that he has basically worked his way back and that he'll be on it in January. But, uh, yeah, why not? Why not play him? Give the guys who who played in Germany a little bit of a rest, and um, I mean, I think he was basically only playing. He he obviously like worked his ass off to get back in shape, and I think I read somewhere that he lost like twenty pounds since August. Basically, like he showed up. There was a story that like he was working out in the off season with Samir Nazri, and they both like showed up overweight. And it's like <laughs> I think maybe they were just hanging out in the off season, not necessarily working out together. But, having all that leftover yaya birthday cake. That's right, that's right. Um so Samir Nazri got shipped off to Sevilla. Uh basically Man City couldn't find a, a loan partner for Yaya Tori, probably because he makes so much money. Um but ultimately he stayed. He worked his you know, worked himself back into shape and uh they were resting I believe they rested Ilkay Gundogan last week, which is why there was kind of a spot in the starting lineup for, for Yaya, but maybe he Maybe he keeps it and they move Gundogan up or they, I don't know, but he played he made, well. He made everyone in the palace defense look like Colo Torre. <laughs> oh, poor Colo. Not yeah. even here to defend himself. <laughs> no, never. But actually, on the flip side, um, 
if there's one place that you don't really want to go if you're if you're having trouble scoring is at Burnley. I guess. I mean, they're not. Yes, I mean. Get... I'm just trying. This is a crooked way of me saying I still love Tom Heaton this weekend. I'm back on the. Tr- I, last week I said I wouldn't use Tom Heaton against West Brom, yeah. not for the reason not, that actually occurred, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, Tom Heaton is back s- squarely on my radar as someone who can get at least four or five saves. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, Sergio Aguero is apparently questionable with a foot injury, but. Uh, it's not like Man City crumbles without him. In fact, with Kalechi Iheanacho, not they're not better with Iheanacho, but the drop isn't nearly as significant. So um, the only problem you have there is that Iheanacho scores every time he shoots, or something like that. Yeah, but he doesn't shoot all. He doesn't shoot that much. <laughs> you know, he, he's not a volume shooter. Right. right. So it's. Uh, I mean, I think it would be. It would be. It looks like it's going to be more of a midfield game to me, like a De Bruyne game or. Possibly even David Silva shows himself. Uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, David Silva has just been so frustrating this year. Yeah, but like this is one of the games where like he'll have the ball with plenty of space. Yeah. So yeah, that that's when he can actually like him and Juan Mata they can do something there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, which player would you from Man City would you not think would have a good game at Burnley? Uh, Raheem Sterling. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Because he can't run behind them. They're going to be standing in the goal. <laughs> it's just not possible. <laughs> uh, so those kind of players, probably not. Okay. And okay. Jesus Navas, well, he might get some crosses if he plays, but that, that's about it. Yuck. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, on the Burnley side, Tom Heaton's the only option I would consider. That's it. Um... No, no Sam Vokes, no Andre Gray for me in this one. Yeah, I mean, if you play in a league where like clearances are worth fifty points each, then maybe, maybe some of these Burnley guys could could help there. But then me and Michael Keane jump right to the top of the yeah, list. Yeah, totally. I mean, in fairness, in that first, um, I forget who they played, but in the first like Fanduel week, they or maybe it was Manchester. Oh, is that Man United game? Yeah, and uh, they were like two of the highest scoring defenders because of all the interceptions and clearances. So. Theoretically, the the same rules should apply here. Yeah, and one day in the future, when we know more, we will do a FanDuel DraftKings merger. What that means podcast. Uh, we, oh. The details just haven't surfaced yet. Yeah, I don't think we even need to do that. <laughs> I think we should start talking FanDuel though, it, possibly because I think I might like it better than DraftKings. Well, uh, the scoring. Gotcha. We'll we'll talk more about that later on, but we will be doing our DraftKings Daily Dose a little bit later. So let's get to the games that actually can be qualifying for that, the 10 o'clock games on Saturday. Uh, we will start with Leicester at home against Burrow. Burrow, who actually played Chelsea very well in terms of creating a defense. They didn't really offer much offensively, but they did hold Chelsea to only 1-0, and it was a very hard-fought 1-0 for yeah. Chelsea. Um, will they, can they take that band on the road to Leicester, who doing better but especially only in the champions league are they really showing themselves yeah it's really strange like how different they are the the best stat of all is that they have more points in the champions league than they do in the premier league yeah which is just kind of astonishing when you think about the fact they played uh, less than half the games uh the they i I just i really don't know what it is uh islam salamani is kind of still banged up i'm not sure if he's been cleared to play but um, Shinji Okazaki has actually looked pretty good. He, the not 
fantasy point wise, but uh, he seems to be fitting in kind of better than Ahmed Musa is now. Uh, but Jamie Vardy's still kind of not, or maybe he's the Jamie Vardy we all thought he was. <laughs> and that last year was uh, the flukier point been, of all of it. And it would have been so much more fun if he was on Real Madrid this year, struggling. Struggling with, with Real Madrid. Straight up trade for Benzema. Right, right. Ronaldo, Bale, Vardy. That's right. Um, mm, for me, though, Leicester, I mean, Leicester, of course, they were. I said it last week, they were 10 points off their pace as of last week. And I think now they're 13 points off their pace. They lost to Watford last week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the largest drop-off in Premier League history in terms of one year to the next. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not terrible. I mean, to be honest, it's it's Leicester. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know, Chelsea. It's not like, I was going to say, I'm surprised Chelsea didn't do it last year. Or yeah, I know. Okay, at the beginning, maybe? No, they were just... Remember, there was not a large number of points that won the Premier League this oh, season. that's true, yeah. But it was... Yeah, it's... It just it is what it is. Also, the pace may not have been the same two years ago. Just it's for me. I mean, Leicester. No one really expected them to defend their title. Uh, I think they. I think I think people want them to put up a better defense than what they're doing now. But yeah. I think rightly so. Ranieri focused on getting to the group stage because that's a lot of money that Leicester is receiving for making the group stage. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they weren't going to repeat anyway. So yeah, when you look at the realistic terms, I think they got more money from making the group stage. I know the players got a lot of bonus for it, um, but I think they, I think the t- the club makes a lot of mo- like more money than they would if they just finished like fifth or sixth. If they tried to fight for fifth or sixth. Yeah, I mean it um, all evens out, but like with winning your group uh, in the Champions League and you know just the way that they do the draws, like they could make a run uh, in the Champions League. Like this idea that they're kind of overplaying because they're playing poor domestically, like the. Because of because they win their group, they're not going to play Barcelona. They're not going to play. Actually, Bayern might drop theirs, but uh, they're probably not going to play Real Madrid. Um, and they can't play. Know. And they can't play um, City. They can't play because they can't Barcelona. play domestic teams. Yeah, they can't play domestic teams in the round of sixteen. So yeah, so like it's uh, you know they 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 can move. You know, it's like it's a weird it's weird that they have this this situation I'm, I'm looking at the DraftKings pricing right now Jamie Vardy and this is both because he's dropped and this guy's improved but Jamie Vardy is the same price as Wilfried Zaha which is like not something I think you'd ever consider <laughs> and Daniel Sturridge actually um last season like yeah I mean we I mean we did say it last year though that he was goal dependent but he scored 11 he scored right. 11 games <laughs> that worked okay when he was actually scoring them correct and I mean that's the way it is with most forwards, to be yes. honest. Yeah. But that's not that's not a unique problem to to Jamie Vardy. He's just not scoring at the rate that he was last season. Yeah. Which the biggest mic- difference is he's just not taking that many shots. Yeah, it's a microcosm of you know Leicester from last year to this year. That it's just you know you couldn't expect the same thing. You just couldn't. Right. People who were drafting him in the first rounds of uh, of my God, were people really doing that? Well, first or second rounds, like somewhere in that range. Like I, I laughed. There's just no way. There's no way that that pans out. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, the only thing that did come up last week is that they made a penalty. <laughs> they can, Riyad Mahrez actually converted a penalty. Yeah. So um, that's that's a positive. I'm, I'm reaching here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think he's the, the highest upside guy in this game. Um, but that doesn't mean the, the upside is high or worth paying for. So. Yeah. 
And I think the nicest part about the game, this game on the weekend, is uh, whatever design the groundskeeper uses at the at the KP. At the KP. <laughs> that's that's going to be the highlight. Is just looking at that ground. Okay. That's about. It. Um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, let you know, let's just do the old-fashioned thing. Would you take Negrete or Vardy? Oh. Um, setting myself up for that horrible situation where I have a gun to my head. Yes. Um, I. It's a really obscure gunman. I think I would actually go Negredo just because he's been taking so many more shots. Like, I'm not sure Vardy has taken two shots in a game yet this season. Yeah, and I mean it, to be honest, with the two strikers up front, as compared to the focal point of Negredo, um, I would feel more comfortable with Negredo in this game as well. I agree with you. And just because I, I, I mean, don't like him, but I, I like him better than Vardy. Yeah, I think Leicester are trying. Are, I mean, when Slimani comes back, that's who they're really trying to build the, the the attack around in terms of him being the focal point and having people run in behind him. The likes of Jamie Vardy doing that. Right. But right now, they don't have a guy who can stand the ball up and let the the fast guys run behind them. Correct. That's that. That's a problem in the four four two. All right, let's go on to another really exciting game of Swansea City and Crystal Palace. Oh God, uh, this is another game that I'll likely pass on in terms of watching. But I do think that there's fantasy value in it. You just kind of have to hold your nose and hope for the best. Like uh, Sigurdsson. I was going to say, I think Sigurdsson is is a pretty clear pick. Uh, the after that, it gets a little, it gets a little iffy. The just these two teams have been well Swansea like they haven't won under Bradley but they also just haven't lost every game like they they've looked good that Everton really stole that one at the end last weekend on that kind of looping uh Seamus Coleman header but the they haven't been that bad I think Bradley's now decided who his 11 are or at least he knows 9 of the 11 uh he made a comment about how uh, his starting lineup against Everton last week was the same that he had against Arsenal, or maybe there may have been one change, but I think that's kind of the group that he's going to go with. But Sigurdsson's the the main guy on this team. You know, a coaching change doesn't doesn't adjust that. So I'm I think Sigurdsson's by far the best play in this game. Yeah, I'm glad he figured that part out in terms of <laughs> being the, the top guy. Yeah, well, uh, he's playing as you... like a false nine, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's better or not. I mean. A lot of what we gave Sigurdsson uh, credit for was, you know, he's on set pieces, he's on all corners. That didn't change. Uh, and now he's just kind of closer to goal. Like, the idea that, like, oh, he's, he's not in positions to, like, set other guys up, um, those guys weren't finishing anyway. <laughs> he was still, like, a fine fantasy option. For me, it's uh, I, I, that game last week was, if that's the way that they have to get a point, I'm worried about how many points they get. Because like, Everton mean? were not playing well on oh. the day. Well, so, I mean, how much of that was Swansea, though? Oh, God. <laughs> not much. <laughs> I really think it was more of an off day. But do you remember a question that you asked me last week about Everton? Um, no. Specifically yeah. about defenders, if I would take Leighton Baines or Coleman. Seamus Coleman? Yeah. And I said Seamus Coleman also because the last time I chose him, he scored a goal. Oh, there you go. You're the Seamus Coleman whisperer. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Those two times a year. And I won't say it again, probably, because I've I pressed my luck there. Right, yeah. <laughs> He'll just get a torn ACL next time. That's right. Uh, we'll okay. talk about Everton in a little bit, though. But sticking with uh, the Swansea side of this, or sorry, the Crystal Palace side of this matchup now, I, I really think it's become more of the Wilfred Zaha show out of the midfield. Totally agree. Um, I actually wrote that in uh, – I wrote the FanDuel article this weekend for us. And he seems to have, despite not being on any corners or – 
set pieces, he seems to have put himself ahead of Punchin or Townsend um, or Kabai. Uh, Townsend obviously has been crossing a ton from open play, although he didn't send in a single one last week in, in 45 minutes against City, which... Um, Understandable. Yeah. They didn't have all. Yeah, so... Um, What's kind of weird is that they seem to only be playing Townsend, at least lately, uh, against like garbage teams. Um, like he didn't start against Liverpool. He got pulled at halftime against City, um, but he plays you know full games against Burnley and Leicester. Um, but I don't know. It's a it's weird. the The playing time situation is a little odd for me with Townsend. So I I like him much less than I do Wilfred Zaha at this point. Yeah, and I think I like I would like Zaha more than Christian Benteke yep, in this one. Yep. So it's really I think really think that it's one person that you can trust from yeah. Palace, and I think that's Zaha at the moment. I agree. It's a with the way that DraftKings now allows you to use kind of wingers as a forward. It's it's making it very unnecessary to have to choose a a goal dependent forward like Christian Benteke. I mean, obviously for people who are trying to win tournaments, you could do that because. Uh, you know, Benteke can score a hat trick at any moment, but he's usually not scoring. So it's, it, you know, it's kind of tough to, I, I tend to build safer lineups than kind of out there ones just because we just don't need to build them that, that crazy. Yeah. Especially in, well, yeah, especially in smaller, for, uh, smaller tournaments. Right. Um, I agree with you there. All right. Uh, let's go on to Hull, who I got terribly wrong last week. They let up three goals to Sunderland, of all people, and didn't score any of their own. And they now welcome West Brown to town, who scored four goals of their own at the Hawthorns last week. Uh, is 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 the shift in venue in terms of Hull going home to the KC? Uh, is that going to be? Is that going to be like the, the the press the, the the focal point of them actually turning this around? Their recent form? Are they just bad on the road? Um. No, I think they're bad everywhere. Um, and West Brom on the road? Well, that's what's kind of crazy about it is that West Brom are favored in this game. And the like West Brom are favored on the road. And, and like I saw that and I was just like, how is that? How is that possible? But Hull have been so bad that and obviously West Brom is coming off that big win. But um, there's nothing. I mean, I'm not. Robert Snodgrass probably the only guy that you would think of with Hull, and uh, I would I would probably try to just find somebody else from there. I would probably take Matt Phillips over Robert Snodgrass, despite Snodgrass yeah. taking a hundred percent of their free kicks yeah. and corners. Uh, Matt Matt Phillips has gotten a goal and an assist in his past two games. Yeah. So in each of his last two games, I should say. Yes. Um. So you know Matt Phillips has been on fire for West Brom because that's an offensive explosion that is rarely ever seen in the West Brom kit under Tony Pulis. Yeah. But for me, David Marshall is an intriguing option um, because what, what West Brom may get shots off and they are not clinical enough for me the last week, notwithstanding, <laughs> but Marshall would be an option for me at least for yeah. a whole, the city goalkeeper. Uh, I get that. Um, I get that. Uh, I, every time I've played Marshall with that thought in mind, um, it doesn't work out mostly because he gets blasted. So maybe the, the fact that if West Brom don't finish as much, then theoretically those should be saves. But I don't know. I, oh, they, I I've been burned true. by Marshall. That is also not true with West Brom. They can definitely shoot them wide and high. Solomon well, Ron, Solomon Ron can shoot a ball into the second deck just like everybody else. <laughs> well, that's not that's not helping David Marshall at all. 
that's my point. Oh, okay. is, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is the situation where they just shoot the ball high and wide and then also score. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, for me, he's just, he's an option. I imagine that a large percentage of people would rather take the Ben Foster side of this game in terms of goalkeeping. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, um, they'll, they'll actually, I don't know if they'll have to pay up for him on draft. Uh, I hadn't looked at that, but yeah, they will ever so slightly. So yeah, I think he'll be the most popular goalkeeper taken in the 10 o'clock slate, to be honest. Foster. Well, one of the two. Yeah. Wow. I think he'll be definitely top two. Uh, wow. For me, it's a, it's a defensive team on the road against a team that doesn't score very much. Yeah. So you know you may you may see West Brom sit back and hope for a mistake from Hull, which they could get. Are we sure they're so. a defensive team? Four nothing win, and I don't remember what they did before that. But do you have more in terms of how you can ex- uh, explain how West Brom are an offensive team? Um, well, Matt Phillips is uh, you know he's there, so obviously that means they. Must be scoring a lot. I mean, six goals in their last two. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Nasser Chadley is also there, right? Uh, he's been out, but yeah. I think he might. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back this week. We're taping this before uh, Tony Pulis lets us know or doesn't. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. They, they seem much more attacking than we're used to seeing from from Tony Pulis. I just, I just like, I just wanted to put you on the spot a little bit. That was a, just, just oh, a little, right. a little bold claim, and I just wanted to make sure you actually had something to back that up, and that's exactly what I expected to happen. <laughs> All right, but let's go on to a team that definitely is offensive, and that is Liverpool, and they are at home against Sunderland. Um, Liverpool last week, um, you know, you correctly said to fade Liverpool options. Uh, they had a nil-nil with Southampton, who I did say was going to be well organized. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. that Liverpool would break through. Um, to be fair, it took two incredible saves from Ben Foster and a post to, and also a Roberto Firmino kicking one wide, mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one with Forster. So, I mean, Liverpool, happily to me, you know, happy for me to see, didn't change the way they played because they were playing against a well-run team. They played their same game, and they looked great. They just didn't happen to score. I think it was just a bad day at the office offensively in terms of finishing. Yeah, I think the – I was kind of – still wishy-washy on this game like until Saturday at lineup block just because the the stats were very clear like Liverpool are better on at home than on the road which makes sense Sunderland very good defensively at home but like the the schedule I wasn't sure how schedule related it was um they obviously uh, you know played well defensively speaking of, of Southampton but you know like Coutinho and Firmino both started after basically being back in England for 72 or 48 hours after being in South America. So like the, the tired legs like fully applied and um, this is just like the mismatch of all mismatches. So I yeah. think you're going to see a ton of people with as many Liverpool people as they can fit in their lineup. Yep. Liverpool at home against Sunderland who are terrible. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a game where I think a lot of goals are scored in one direction. It'll look, it'll look like the pitch is slanted. So you don't think Jermaine Defoe breaks through? He might, but I just think there'll be a lot more goals for Liverpool. I'm not going to start Jermaine Defoe on that hope. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah, that makes I mean, sense. If, if there's a goal-dependent forward out there, it's Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> he literally does nothing else. Um, yeah, yeah. Liverpool also, I mean, Liverpool have this like pretty good defensive record, but a lot of it is that they don't let up that many shots, and be, that's because they have the ball so much. So... It's like I'm not really sure. How, well, we know the goalkeeping hasn't been great, uh, even not. even without Simone Mignolet in there. So, um, 
Sunderland's probably not the team that's going to go in there and pepper them with shots, but like the Liverpool, the defense, Liverpool defensive record uh, is very much because of what they do attacking wise. And so um, it's like one of those NBA teams that are like, they look really good defensively and it turns out they just play it at like a ridiculously slow pace. And it's like, if they're just not as many possessions, they're not going to be as many points. And then like, Oh, they don't let up that many points. They must be great defensively. And I think that kind of applies here with Liverpool. For me, that's where that points per hundred. And it doesn't matter. Um, uh, yeah, again, per hundred metrics. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to do that here. Um, but for me, you you'll you'll know a lot about Sunderland's intentions. It, it, it hinges on Victor and Ichibi. If he starts, oh that means God. they'll have two forwards. They'll have two <laughs> forwards, and that's going to be a tough look. That means they're going to go for it offensively a little bit. But if they don't, they're just going to pack it in. That's the. I mean, I'm not saying that Victor and Ichibi is the key to the game. It sounds right? like that's that's exactly what you just said. It, it, it just it to me it keys off the intentions of David Moyes in his starting lineup. Now, I think Victor needs to be whether he starts or not. Will see twenty minutes at least in this game. I don't know how but, they don't start him. Well, that means him and Defoe have to play, and that means that they have two defensive liabilities when one of them has to get back. Um, I guess, I guess, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure Moyes knows what he's doing, but after how well an be played last week. I can't, I can't say how you couldn't bench him. It's, it's a different ball game when you're playing against Liverpool at Anfield. Yeah. I kind of feel like if you're going to like, they can't, obviously they, well, they probably don't feel like this, but as like professional athletes and in a professional organization, they probably like, yes, we, every game we go in, we're going to, we think we have a chance, but like, if you don't think you necessarily have a chance against Liverpool, why not just go out and try to score? That's exactly what Liverpool want you to do, because <laughs> then that'll open up the space for any counters. Yeah, you don't. But, yeah, but but it'll, it'll be fun to watch if that's ha- if, this, if that's what happens. Then it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, this is the game I'm going to watch for about 20 minutes until it's about three or four nothing Liverpool and then switch <laughs> to something else. Right. Yeah, I think uh, we've uh, or I've spoken pre- on previous podcasts just about like st- you know stacking strategies and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see like both how many people can fit how many Liverpool guys you can fit in and whether those are actually the right Liverpool guys to fit in. Here's the way that I'm going to break that down. And I think it's a pretty good way to do it. I'm going to use James Milner as the barometer. All right. I think James Milner is as likely to score than anyone on Sunderland. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I mean, he's, that's basically saying, He's as like they're as likely to win a penalty because I think that's the only way Milner scores. Correct, um, and and that yeah. I, that's probably one of the only ways that Sunderland score, which means that that's a Jermaine Defoe situation. But um, I will I will say the the odds makers agree with you. Milner yes. has better goal odds than than Defoe. Um, I uh, I don't know. I, and then, and, and then my point is, then my point will be the following. Let's say, let's say you, whether you agree or disagree, if let's say you do agree, then what's James Milner's goal probability compared to everyone else on Liverpool in terms of the attacking? And he's probably fourth or fifth on third or fourth on the list is my guess. Um, he is, well, he's at least fourth, fifth, if you include Sturridge, who probably, yeah. well, it, he probably knows, who knows? He, he probably won't start. It, it's, even if he does, he, he, he's probably about fourth. So that's Surge ha- actually has the best goal odds, like in terms of betting odds. Yeah, I guess if, if he starts, if, if he, he starts, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's Sturridge, Firmino, Mane, Coutinho, Wijnaldum, Milner, Defoe. Yeah, there we go. So, I mean, that's the way you can look at this game. Like, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a landslide, and it's going to be Liverpool all the way. Yeah, but it's just a matter of whether you, you got to, like, not all of those, most likely, not all of those guys are going to score. And so you've got to have to find the right combination. Because... Yeah, but he, but the thing about Liverpool is even if those guys don't score, they tend to assist each other's goals too. Uh, I guess, I guess. It depends on, yeah. I mean, it, that's the problem. It's like Milner. That's why Lalana's so so nice this year yeah I, yeah yeah Milner I don't think is on corners anymore so he's kind of or he's he may take a few like it seems like Coutinho's taken that over so mm-hmm. I'm just not sure I love Milner's yeah upside. well I, I, I mean I do also like the the potential clean sheet upside as well but that's only three points yeah but yes but he also takes penalties which is I think a really good thing against Sunderland because Sunderland can give them up but anyway, I, I, we're saying the same thing over and over again. Start your Liverpool guys, yeah. and we don't think you should start Sunderland guys. Yeah. Fair? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's get to the marquee game of Saturday. It is the 12-30 matchup between Chelsea and Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. Tottenham famously have never won at Stamford Bridge, and as I say that, I know that I have just jinxed it. <laughs> uh, you don't really think they win, right? <sighs> I honestly don't know what to think of this game because Tottenham are so good defensively and Chelsea are just so on, uh, so in form that it doesn't look like anyone can repel them. But um, Tottenham did have to play midweek. They had a very disappointing midweek crashing out of uh, Champions League this mm-hmm. week, correct? They did. So it's, um, it's, a, it's a wounded animal, and sometimes that's when animals are at their most fierce. Uh, they also are without Danny Rose, who's suspended, and Ben Davies is out because he has an ankle injury, so they're going to probably play Jan Vertonghen out wide which means the center backs are going to be Eric Dyer, who's played as a defensive midfielder for the last two years, and Kevin Vimmer, who had an excellent own goal against Arsenal. That was it Arsenal? Yeah, I think it was Arsenal. Uh, a clinical headed finish, <laughs> which happened to go on the wrong net. But uh, that's that's why I, I'm a little more confident in, and in what is Kyle Walker And what is Kyle Walker's status? Because he limped off. Yeah, he was week. rested for the midweek for the Champions League match for your boy Kieran Trippier, but I'm guessing he comes back. But if he doesn't, the back line of Trippier, Vimmer, Dyer, and Vertonghen certainly doesn't make me fearful for Chelsea for picking a Chelsea guy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, and especially because it's the late game, you're not going to know. Um, it, it, just, it, it makes me not want to start anyone in this game. I think it's too close to call for me wow. in terms that. Only because, I mean, let's think about Chelsea's schedule. The only marker, you know, that I really was like, oh, this is the game where they have to say something is Everton. And they crushed Everton, mm-hmm. to be fair. But yeah, as you pointed out, Everton were doing their, their in form. Uh, they, when they were in form, it was against terrible teams. So, you know, Chelsea haven't played someone of Tottenham's caliber yet in this form. So, and Harry Kane is doing well, just as a, from a clinical finishing perspective. So, um I think you have a very loose definition of clinical then. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. That's fair. Uh, I'm trying to build this game up and try to do the the whole, like, if my team loses, I I predicted it. And if they don't, I'll still be happy. The win-win. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've had good results. I mean, they they won at Southampton. They crushed United. I mean, it's... 
they've looked pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure Spurs in in how they're playing now. I just don't. Pochettino's already publicly complaining that they're not deep. They don't have enough quality. Um, you never know who's going to start in that midfield, which, you know, I, w- I would assume that they should try to go more defensive this week just because Chelsea have been so good attacking-wise. But, like, Wanyama and Sissoko are, and Dembele are red cards waiting to happen. So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know why there's... The hesitation, yes. I think, is is because you support Chelsea and not. The, well, I'll put it this way: I actually disagree with your I disagree with your assessment that they should be defensive. I actually think that they should get up and press, because one thing that Chelsea has not faced in this three four three is a team that can press effectively, really effectively. I'm not sure Spurs can. Well, that's that is one <laughs> that is one way of looking at it. I'm not sure if they can either, but I think that's the way that you would disrupt Chelsea's flow. And for example, David Luiz tends to make mistakes when pressed, right? Um, I mean, there's plenty, plenty of guys who do. Yes, there's plenty of guys who do. But when you effectively press, uh, effectively press players that like to pass the ball, man, that is so many p sounds. Like <laughs> anyway, um, if if you can effectively press those guys who aren't used to having that kind of pressure put on them, uh, like Modric, Luis, uh, whoever's playing back there, basically, uh, as Pilaqueta, if he has to move the ball quickly. Um, that can cause problems. It yeah. really can. And that's the way that I think you would beat this Chelsea team. It's the way that, you know, in the limited time, that's the way that Arsenal kind of took them apart, to be fair, mm-hmm. uh, effectively pressing as a team. But if Tottenham just stay back and just try to do what everyone else has done, but just better, um, there's a chance that it's 0-0. I think that's what they would have to play for in that case. But I, I don't think so. Uh, I think, especially because Diego Costa is that, and if you want to talk about clinical finishing form, he's there the go. one clinical there finishing. There you go. Um, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a really chippy game because remember, this is back where it all began for Musa Dembele and his six game suspension. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, let, let, let's not, let, let's not try to ignore that may happen again. Well, not maybe the same thing, but the, the, there will be some, some kerfuffle. It'd be great if Costa wore like goggles just to <laughs> get in his head a little bit. <laughs> the goggles on top of the Batman mask. For That's the right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Double back. Uh, hmm, yeah, <laughs> that would be. I, I don't. A... I don't think this game. I, I'm. I'm a lot more aggressive on Chelsea than you are. Uh, yeah, I won't be. I just think that Tottenham have also been very good defensively as a team this season. So it, it's something that Chelsea are going to have to. Again, I'll say it again. This is a a game where if they have if they want to lay a marker down in terms of actually being serious, being at top of the league and staying at the top of the league, they have to win. They can't draw this game. They have to win. They're at home. Yes, I agree. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's Black Friday today. I don't know if you know that, Andrew. So everyone is out shopping, and Mac Weldon actually has some good Black Friday deals, including their all black everything $98 bundle, where you get a black v neck t shirt, two pairs of black socks, two pairs of black boxer briefs. And included in today's deal, they have a free black duffel to go along with it, which is over at macweldon.com. And again, you can get the promo code RotoSoccer from us and get 20% off of your black. Friday order savings on savings on savings, Andrew. I was uh, actually looking at that this morning. I got the email with that with that deal, and that's actually a great deal. Like that plus a uh, plus the promo code promo code, excuse me, um, is a big one. I wore my Mack Weldon socks and boxers at Thanksgiving yesterday. I just thought if there was ever an opportunity to wear my nicest stuff, that was it. 
I mean, that is when you should wear it. And yeah. I have to say the, the it's it, it's not all. It's, I mean, it's not all black, all black because the socks do have a shade of Chargers powder blue, which Ooh. kind of pulls at my heartstrings. Being a San Diego, yeah, it sure does. So, uh, and they also have a bunch of other bundles going on right now. So they have bundles ranging from $58 to $198. So basically you can get the entire store as well. It's mm, a lot of socks. That is a lot of, that's a lot of everything. Um, but they do have a bunch of bundles available for today on black Friday. So please go over to MacWeldon.com and you can click on the gifts link in the, it's also in red so you can see it very nicely. And they have all these different bundles. They all actually that $98 bundle I described before is probably their most popular, and it also looks to be the best value to me, Andrew, for bringing this down from a fantasy uh, a fantasy underwear perspective. <laughs> well played. Well played. <laughs> All right, let's get to the Sunday games. We have a full slate here of four, um, starting at 7 a.m. on Sunday. Watford, mm. oh, man, what a game to wake up to. Watford at home against Stoke. Um, I'm already tired uh, just talking about this matchup for five seconds, and please tell me you have something good for this. I think this game's going to be five, four. Okay. Now I'm interested now. <laughs> Why do you think it's five, four? I don't. That's come on. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um, um, <clears throat> can score uh, within 30 seconds of any game. That's right. That's right. Kapue, Pereira, uh, Zuniga, Dini, and um, maybe we'll give Dini two. That'll be the five for them. Cause I think they'll win five, four and Stoke will have a, Brace from Arnautovic, uh, maybe a header from Ryan Shawcross, and, and an own goal. I was I'm, I'm looking at the Watford list of who I'm going to give the own goal to. That's funny you said that, but I think we'll go with the un, uh, unexpected Giannali Imbula goal, and then he'll get benched again. <laughs> we should note that Joe Allen, who has been, uh, I'll just lightly say, better than some have expected, uh, is suspended for this game. So. Yep. I don't know what that does to Stoke, but he also is my spirit hair. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, I I did post a picture on Facebook that proves that I can have that, that hair. Yeah. Yeah. It was a definition of flowing locks. Yes. It's not there yet. Give me, give me a few more months. (laughs) I will post it on Twitter when it is, when it does happen. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. The, uh, so he's out. I don't know if that means Imbula comes in. Uh, he did not get in last week. They just moved Joe Allen back. Boyan is back in, and playing, but this this looks like a Jonathan Walters kind of game. Yeah, I agree, and I think Glenn Whalen's supposed to be back anyway. So Oof. there goes Imbula's possibility. But I don't know. Watford looked pretty good. Your boy Zuniga, excuse me, look good. Uh, Olebas is back, so um, so there goes that. there goes there Zuniga. Goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Janmont looks pretty. I mean, they, they. I think this is as good as they can be. And, yeah, I think they're seventh on the table right yeah. now. So, I mean, I don't think they can ask for anything much better than this. I agree. I agree. But when when they get to forty points, and it looks like they will by the holiday time, uh, they will go back into their hole and do what they normally do: lose. Lose. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I got. I'm a little higher on them for some reason. I mean, not for some reason. We we've seen a few of them uh, post some pretty good fantasy. Uh, they games. did the same thing last year. All right. That's when Odion Igalo disappeared. Yeah. So Roberto Pereira, who's been, I think, the breakout star for Watford, best new player, one of them at least. Um, I mean, I think he's the 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 guy who I would target from the midfield perspective. Yep. In this game, and, and that's not named. Um, you know, that's not the, the on Watford at least. I mean, I think you're probably going to target Shakiri and or Arnautovic first from Stoke. 
depending on what your position eligibility is for Arnautovic. Yeah. Hmm. You're not excited about either, though, to be fair. Uh, I, I'm, for some reason, I have a soft spot for Shakiri, yeah, just because did. it seems like he should be better than he is, <laughs> but he's not. Yeah. And Arnautovic is just kind of too goal-dependent goal for me. Yeah. Well, Wilfried Bonny, case... speaking of goal-dependent, Wilfred Bonny is another—I'll happily pass on him again. Yeah, as usual. All right, uh, the game where uh, we can definitely anticipate a lot of goals from at least one team, I think, will be Arsenal at home against Burnmouth. Um, Arthur Borch or whoever is playing goal for Burnmouth in this day because he was um, out yeah. injured, I believe, last week. Um, it will it'll be just a they'll be just be under siege all game. Um, theoretically, but Arsenal are pretty good at coming up flat when they shouldn't. Uh, I think Olivier Giroud may start, finally. He started the Champions League game uh, this week against PSG, which they drew, and now will not win the group because of it. But uh, they, I think they need to start him with Alexis and Walcott kind of on the sides. They started Aaron Ramsey out wide last week, which um, is a position he's like publicly said he doesn't like playing. and um, Doesn't play well. And doesn't play well, yeah, so... There's that. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, theoretically, it should be very one-sided. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm not going to go into which options you should start. If they're a forward or a midfielder or a defender or a goalkeeper and they're starting for Arsenal, you have to look into them. And Carl Jenkinson's probably going to be the least expensive of all of them. Yeah, probably. Um, I'm not sure what what, what... what a nice upgrade for him, being from West Ham last year to Arsenal this year. Yeah, for sure. Um and he was like, I mean, he was playing at West Ham for a while, but the... Uh, not well. Not well, yeah. Well, yes, yes. Um, not his I don't know what Burmouth are going to do without Jack Wilshire, though. No? Continue to live like they did every other day. <laughs> uh, I guess Jordan Ibe gets his starting spot back for a week. And... Whatever. <laughs> I can't get excited, man. I, I know, just... I know. For, for I mean, the most exciting thing about Burmouth is who's going to play left fullback versus center back. <laughs> I was, oh, I'm, so, I'm so angry about that. So last week, I'm just going to go into that. Last week, Adam Smith was suspended. And so uh, Burnmouth had a spot open at right back. And um, they had Simon Francis, who was playing right back at the beginning of last year before Smith took over. They could have pushed Francis out wide and then played uh, Chelsea Loney, Nathan Ake centrally. They also could have put Tyrone Mings there, or uh, who did they, who did I say they have? Mark Wilson? Is he there, sure. or is it Muniesa? I get those two mixed up because they're marks it's with Wilson. C's. But anyway. Um, Muniesa, I believe, is on Stoke along with Phil Bardsley. With Far Phil Bardsley, that's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, the lineups came out, and everyone was like, oh, you know, Francis is starting, and Ake is starting, so Ake must be playing at right back and Opta had initially put Ake at right back. Um, and, uh, the Burnmouth website, uh, did a little article on the lineups and they said that Ake was going to be playing centrally. So it was like, I felt good because a bunch of people were playing Ake on DraftKings, like, Oh, he's playing at right back. He'll get some crosses. Uh, it turns out he's playing at center back and he scores a goal. <laughs> and it's like the, that, that's like, that's a mistake that people picked him, but everybody, and it everybody benefited from it. And just that, ah. but Ake should go back to the bench this week and 
Smith should slot right back into his right back spot. Yeah, Simone Francis will turn back into Simone Francis. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but that is the most exciting Bournemouth analysis you will get, which is why you need to play all your Arsenal options. So let's move on to the game that I think will be the the, the tightest game in terms of competition uh, on Sunday, and that'll be Southampton at home at St. Mary's against Everton. Ronald Koeman comes back to town and. He's bringing along, a, I think, a much more talented roster, but I'm not sure if that'll be enough to get the three points at St. Mary's. Yeah, I agree. I think this uh, this will be tight, and I think it could be scoreless. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a game where neither manager wants to showcase that they are significantly worse than the other team, so they will totally. play it real tight. Totally. Um, they'll, they'll play it like an NFL coach. <laughs> no mistakes. No mistakes, yeah. the And both, both teams are basically like fully stocked. I don't think there's anybody important who's missing. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see Lukaku and Balassi. Um, Aaron Lennon got a start last week, which was a little surprising over Kevin Morales. I don't know if that'll keep going or, or even Gerard de Lefeu, but your boy, Sofiane Buffal is, is starting. Scored eight Taka points last week. There you go. I don't think I ignored that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he is what he is. Um, He's he, in this game. I don't think he'll be much, but yeah, uh, we'll start him less because he could go. I mean, he's. I, I mean, I said it last week when they were playing Liverpool. I'm like, he has the chance to shine against the player he replaced, Sadio Mane. Mane, yeah. The I I want to go back on what I said about them. Everybody fully fit. I think Dusan Tadic is actually still, uh, or is I think he's questionable because he suffered a broken nose uh, over the international break and. He didn't play last week. Yeah, everyone, every, all the reports I read were like, he's going to wear a mask, he's fine, and then he didn't even make the 18. So, And it sounds like he's basically just having trouble breathing through his nose. And, um, you know, breathing is, is an important part of, of playing soccer and uh, living. So if he's having trouble doing that, then I'm guessing he might not play. He's not the best in the business for nothing, That's folks. right, that's right. Uh, on the Everton side, uh, give me the best player not named Romelu Lukaku in this game. Yannick Balassi. Good. Okay, that's what I was expecting. All right. I uh, was, uh, I th- to be honest, I thought you were going to say the next best Everton option. Uh, I, ah, Chaz Austin is... Chaz and I have a long history fantasy-wise. and uh, yeah. it's, when, you, when you don't start him, he scores twice. When you start yeah. him, he the yellow card um I, for me uh, now for me it's all about um for me it's really more about whether you feel more comfortable playing defenders or attackers in this one and i still i'm still wavering on defenders like i still think it's you know i would feel more comfortable playing ryan bertrand or seamus coleman versus playing yannick Velassi or yeah sofian buffal yeah i get that cedric is it not you know We've got four very solid fullbacks, but they're probably just going to be defending. And one, I think, elite center back option who you could start in pretty much any format in Virgil van Dijk. Van Dijk, yeah. yeah. And, and Chelsea, I said this last week here in the game, and now the rumors are really starting to come out for Liverpool and Manchester United. They're going to start offering £30 million bids for Van Dijk in January. Um, it, he should be at the top of Chelsea's want list because he's played in the back three, he's played in the back five, he's played in the back four, he's looked great in all. And he's big, he's strong, he's fast, he can move the ball. Yep, I agree with all of that. He's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I think he's one of the best center backs in the world that no one's talking about. 
Okay. All right. That's high praise. I have, <laughs> I have I have left you silent, so I will take that as tacit agreement. So let's move on to the last game of the weekend, which is Manchester United at home against West Ham. Jose Mourinho finally getting those important three points that he's been looking for. <laughs> you think they do? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I don't think it's close. Okay. <laughs> I think West Ham are really bad right now. Really bad. Um. I think now that they have striker, like Diafrasaco came back, I think. We have we have been lamb based we had lamb based at Diafrasaco before he was even in. I know, I know. So I don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I feel like the pieces might make sense. Antonio, Payet, Lanzini, Ayu, and Sacco. That sounds, that sounds like a good group, doesn't it? Nope. Oh. It does not. Oh, okay. It sounds like a group that can score and often does not. Right. 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 Maybe that's it. That, well, I mean, except for Pyatt. Pyatt's the exception. Right. And Pyatt's not there after January. They're in big trouble. <laughs> big trouble. Yes. But, yeah. He'll never be worth more. He was worth more this summer. That's my point. Yeah. They, I'm saying I think they may have already lost their peak. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, but I mean, for Manchester United, uh, he, I think he's lost on Ibrahimovic. This is another game where I will go out on that limb that it will be more surprising if he scores no goals versus multiple goals. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, who do you think is next for goal expectancy? I haven't looked at the odds. But like, who do you th- who do you think should be the next one? You're like, ah. who's going to score this week? You're going to say Zlatan, and then who's after that? In terms of this game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juan Mata. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That, that that's that's my guess. I don't know. Um, well, obviously, you don't know. Or it could be Piat too. It would be something if you knew. It'd be Piat. Yeah, I, come on. You think it's Piat though over Mata? I think so, but only because he's the the he's the one and only source of offense for West Ham. I don't think that's true. I, I think um, yeah, it goes through him. Like he he will provide or he will supply yeah I, I agree with that but i i don't think this is like a gilfie sigurdsson swansea situation like the pieces around Pyatt are much bigger better than what swansea has agreed but they're also playing an opponent that's much more organized than crystal palace for like the swansea playing crystal palace uh, uh i think they have not cle- i yeah. don't think that they kept a clean sheet under Pyatt. uh sorry under pardew this season at yeah. crystal palace and west ham i'm sorry manchester united and under jose Mourinho are still organized defensively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Payet, um I just would like the goals just aren't coming. Um in fact the only goal he has this year was it that ridiculous one where he dribbled from midfield yep. and yeah, like that's his only goal of the year. And I just I don't think we really play him for goal upside anymore. Like we always were like, Oh, he can do all this stuff and he can score goals, but like the Do you happen to have the answer yet? Have you looked it up? What answer? Oh, goal expectancy from the book. From the oh, book no. no, no, no. I'll have a cheat oh. sheet at some point for that. But no, I haven't looked. But I just, uh, I don't know. Pyatt's taken a lot of shots, only although only two in his last two games. But the, I just don't think the goal upside is as high as we think. Well, it yeah, is. especially not in this match. I'm going to Manchester United. That yeah. I, I'm not. I, I just didn't. I think Pyatt on the road anywhere, even still, is a better goal probability than Juan Mata anywhere. I I may even put Pogba ahead of Pyatt for this game. Goal goal wise, he hasn't been. No, I, I would I would disagree. I would still go Pyatt. Okay, 
but it's I only not say like, that because mostly if if they use this Carrick Herrera okay. back. I'll put it this way: field. Did you rank Paul Pogba? Um, I don't think anyone really yeah, ranked him. If they did, not highly, and I think everyone ranked Pyatt pretty highly. That's um, where I'm going with this. Yeah, I ranked Pyatt ten, and so did you. Yeah, that's not. That's not high, but it's also not not it's not also not not ranked. Um, that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's kind. I mean, if we all thought that Pago was you know an offensive threat, we would have ranked him. We didn't. Yeah. So Adam I, Adam Zadroik, who filled in for Mozinski or for Pittner this week, did not rank Payet. He did not rank Pogba either. But interesting, yeah. bold. I don't. I don't agree. But I. I'm not going to say that it's unfounded. But yeah. it's Mozinski ranked Pogba fifth, and Payet twelfth. So, I'll say. What does he know? I'll I'm say Chris kidding. told me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about something that Chris did not tell you about, which is our DraftKings lineups here. Yes. So we have. Um, I'm now three and eleven. Yes, three and eleven. Boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're really doing this mm-hmm. um actually no i'm three and 12 i was gonna, i wasn't gonna say it, but oh. i actually thought it was 12 yeah no it's three i'm three and 12 um uh, anyway uh moving on here we do have um yeah i don't even know what i'm saying i'm just doing these blank transitions to nothing um so let's go to our DraftKings lineups here i have ben foster in goal mm-hmm. uh as i kind of hinted earlier mm-hmm. at five thousand. And I spent big on defense because yep. I felt more comfortable this okay. week doing that. I have James Milner at 67. I have Marcus Alonzo at 56. And for the off chance that Karen Trippier does start, I have him at 4,500. Wow. Knowing, knowing that I can pivot off that very easily if I need to. To who? I mean, Patrick Van Allholt is 47. And... They're the last game. You can yeah. only pivot to somebody in that last game. Oh man, you're killing me. Here. Uh, <laughs> you're going to pivot to Kevin Vimmer. That's who you're going to. Or I can pivot to Louise. I can pivot or to Vertonghen. Yeah. I mean, just to just to I, remind to be you. Fair, so he's. I mean, he's in my utility spot, so I could pivot to even a central midfielder if I need to. Mm, enjoy that Musa Dembele play. Um, hey, I you, you you joke, but that's not a terrible play in this game. It is on DraftKings. Yeah, he's more yeah, he's back right. to that more likely to get a red card than even a cross. <laughs> <laughs> um, I play. I spent forty nine hundred on Lucas Fabianski home against Crystal Palace. Um, I paid forty three hundred for Alan Niam, who uh, has actually been pretty good uh, overall in the last few games. I mean, he's not he's not going to score a goal, but he chips in everywhere else. And I think West Brom should will actually be a little more attacking than than you think against Hull, who stink. Uh, and then I spent 2600 on a pure just throwaway on John O'Shea, who's going to start at center back for Sunderland against Liverpool, hoping that he trips himself into three tackles. <laughs> but, and then gets hurt and get, leaves the field before they let up all the goals. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think that actually hurts a defender anymore, but 20, he's 2600 bucks, and uh, I spent up for all of my other Liverpool guys, <laughs> so I needed that money. Um I have five midfielders. Go for it. Um, I went with a three-man Liverpool stack of Coutinho, Firmino. I guess you could consider him a forward, I guess. I have him in my forward spot. But Coutinho at 95, Firmino at 89, and Wijnaldum at 55. 
uh, I think the like the not having Sadio Mane, I think will be okay. Uh, since I have these other guys, I I wouldn't go like I basically picking Firmino over Mane. I think Coutinho's a guarantee just because he's on on corners now. And then my other two are eighty one for Gilfie Sigurdsson and sixty two for Victor Moses because I needed some sort. I I wanted some Chelsea exposure. Uh, I didn't want to pay up for Hazard just in case it was a little more um, a little more defensive than than it's been, but. I mean, Moses has taken three shots in four straight games, which, as well as, uh, yeah. it was at 21 crosses over that span. Like, that's that's pretty solid. By the way, I'm going to be pivoting to Nemanja Matic at the same price. Oh, Trippier. there it is. Or actually go down a, a hundred bucks. Go. Anyway, uh, if I need to pivot off of Trippier. But I have, I think I share one player, two players with you. I forgot, actually, no, just one. I have Matt Phillips at 6,200. I have Wilfred Saha at 6,900. Mm, yeah, Zaha's the one I wanted, but I couldn't fit him in. I know. Uh, I also have uh, Victor Moses at the forward spot because, yep. of course, he can be there yep. <laughs> at 6,200. And I have Sadio Mane at 8,700. The fact that Moses is considered, you can play it forward, but not Matt Phillips is ridiculous. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> or Coutinho, even. Uh, look, man, I don't make the rules. I just play No, I get it. I get it. I'm not blaming I, you. And I play badly by them. <laughs> what do you mean? That's... You're undefeated in your last one. That's right. Uh, maybe if I win another one, that'll be the start of what we call a streak. There you go. Yeah. I do think you have the edge because you have more Liverpool players. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to a point on DraftKings where you might have too many and that I'm basically missing out on others because... I guess, yeah, I also think it's interesting that we picked five Liverpool players between us and none of us overlapped. Because I have Milner and Mane and you have everybody yeah. else. <laughs> that is interesting. Hmm. The... I had fifty five hundred bucks left over, and it just that, that's how I ended up with Winaldum, um, which doesn't. I mean, theoretically, if he's playing the Lalana role, like Lalana was was perfectly playable at fifty five hundred. I mean, he's he was more than that. So uh, hopefully that that pays off. But it's just the fear of that I had too many. I have too many of these guys. Yeah, and there's really not that much of a better option around that price. I mean, you're looking at right. Jordan Henderson, who's right. on the same team, so that doesn't really help you. I mean, you mentioned Yanazai not being very good. Uh, <laughs> Adam at Priori is in that price range, but that's not really going to help you. It's not really here. it's really slim pickings. Like, you can do, like, a Mo Barrow or a Leroy Fair, but I don't think you want any part of that. Uh, no, I don't. No, I, I think it's – I think you're – The only way I improve is downgrading Coutinho or Firmino. Yeah, and I, and I think that's your strategy here. You don't want to do that. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I totally see your strategy. Um, I wish I could have done it. I'm not feeling very confident because even if my, let's say if Mane scores, I'm almost positive you're going to get a share of those points. <laughs> uh, and if Milner scores, I said the prey, it's on a penalty that one of your guys didn't earn. So well, they don't I, get the I don't think you get the assist on DraftKings for it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> Uh, I, I, my main sources of points are also some of your sources of points, so I'm not sure if uh, that's going to work out well for me here. Right. <laughs> so on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I have been Mike Gottlieb along with Andrew Laird. Please go over to MacWeldon.com. They have that good. Uh, they have those awesome Black Friday deals. The All Black Everything Bundle was the one I was describing earlier. Uh, use the promo code RotoSoccer to claim 20% off of one of your bundles today. Have some good shopping. Have some good leftover turkey if you're in the Americas. And we will catch you next week to review game week number 13. Talk to you then, Andrew.
Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.